Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelous Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm Will, and that's my co-host Jeremy. Unfortunately, Blake could not join us today, and Jeremy, I'm sorry, that, that is, ugh. you know, I don't want to get off on the wrong foot. I shouldn't have said unfortunately. I mean, it is unfortunate that Blake can't be here, but honestly, the operative term I should be using is fortunately, because we have everybody's favorite co-host stepping in the man the myth the legend jeremy himself so it's good to have you bro i know that uh i know you're a little shy and for those of you that are new to jeremy he's a little shy so it might take him a while to warm up you know he may just be there for more support or he may come in with the most mind-blowing theory of the day you know you never really know but that's why we love him you know he's a wild card so Y'all, I appreciate you bearing with us this week. Um, I, if you've seen one of these episodes before, you kind of know what to expect. For those, But for those of you who haven't, um, this episode will be a little bit different than our normal flavor, if you will. Um, I will still, of course, be doing the in-depth recap of the episode just for everyone's, you know, refreshing convenience should you need a quick rehash uh, today or three months from now when you're catching up. You know, who knows? Excuse me. So we will still be doing that, but we won't have our typical discussion theory crafting portion just because, you know, um, this was a really juicy episode, though. Um, there's a lot of really interesting things to talk about. So I am sad we're not going to be able to do that. And maybe I'll wax poetic on a couple things after the recap. Um, but I'm not really sure what that looks like, uh, you know, talking to an inanimate object. But We'll see. Uh, but for the most part, you know, this episode of the podcast is basically just going to be the recap and, of course, this little announcement section, as always. Um, so thanks for bearing with us, Jeremy, for real. Thank you for being here. And um, announcements. That's right. Thank you, Jeremy. Did you, could you guys hear Jeremy's mic? Uh, Jeremy, work on your mic. We'll make sure you, you can have audio. But thank you for the reminder. Um announcements it is as of recording this tuesday the 14th of december um we have a new campaign three cram campaign three episode this thursday uh on the 16th is that right it doesn't really matter there's a new episode this thursday but then that episode is the last episode of the year um, I say I bring that up for for two reasons. The first of which is that our podcast discussing that episode, um, which I believe is will be episode forty two of Campaign Three, uh, may come out a little later than normal. Um, as Blake and I are both traveling, um, yada yada yada. But like I mentioned, it's the last episode of the year, so um, we will definitely have our ep our podcast up before episode forty three. Um, but it will just be a little bit later than normal due to the holidays. So wanted to give you guys the heads up there. Um, but also, since there is no episode um, next week, uh, we thought it would be fun to host a little watch party um, of our own on the off week. So if you are interested, we would love for you to come join us. Watch the Night Before Christmas one shot next Wednesday, the 21st of December at 9 p.m. 
and that is central time. Um, so to make it really easy, if you're somewhere else in the world or you know somewhere else in the, the States but aren't good at time zones like me, uh, 9 p.m. is the time Critical Role normally airs. So Wednesday night at the time Critical Role normally airs for you, we will be hosting a watch party in our Discord. As always, I will link the Discord below in the description box. Um, if you're familiar with Discord, great. If you're not, it's super simple. But feel free to ask me any questions about it in the uh, the comment section or you know hit me up on Twitter, wherever. Um, but yeah, we will just be hosting that watch party in Discord. Um, I will be sharing the screen, so you don't need to have like you know your own TV or setup or anything. Uh, to be able to participate, you just got to show up and have Discord. Um, if you would like to use your own setup, you know, that is more than fine. It'll just be a case of simply pressing play at the same time, same time I do. Um, obviously, we've never done anything like this before, so I don't really know what to expect. If, you know, it may just be me and Blake hanging out watching. Uh, but if so, that's great. Just the more the merrier. We'd love to have you and, uh, you know, have some critter fun this holiday season uh if you've never seen that one shot it's great i've seen it blake hasn't so we kind of have our typical uh duality on that perspective which will be fun so um yeah i think that about covers it um jimmy your mic working yet okay well keep working on it um but yeah without further ado uh, let's jump into the recap. And if you are new to us and you find yourselves on this recap video, hello. Um, I, I don't always talk to this stuffed animal, so it really, <laughs> it really makes me happy to think that somebody might be seeing us for the first time and this is the impression they get. Uh, but we recap every episode of Critical Role uh, on our podcast and we, dis we uh, dissect, we cut out i mean i guess dissect works we cut out that po uh, oh my gosh jeremy you got me all flustered we cut out that recap and host it separately on youtube for your viewing convenience so if you find yourself on that video and you're interested in our full podcast which will typically include our discussion of the episode our theory crafting all that good stuff you can find it linked down below um other than that uh yeah hope you enjoy me speaking words at this green stuffed animal uh so yeah let's jump into it this is campaign three episode 41 of critical role uh the call of the wild so we start oh my god jeremy i totally forgot that i put a bag of holding in my friend's car and she parks in a pocket dimension you gotta handle the, the first half of the recap i'll i'll be right back uh, we, we pick up with Bell's Hells against the Gorgine, preparing for Chetney's trial with Saryadon. Uh, Menard, Yvello, Annalyn, Uther, and Francesco of the Gorgine greet them, and they ask if they are ready to set out on the journey to the temple. The journey is set to take a day or two, so Imogen messages Xandus and the crew to fill them in, and with that they set off. Uh, as they travel through the jungle, they come across some patches of vibrant fungi that Fern immediately claims are fine to eat and takes one down. She makes a constitution save and things start to get a bit fuzzy. Uh, Chetney's face seems to stretch and she feels all warm and fuzzy. She giggles and 
stashes some more of these shrooms away for later. Chetney rolls a d20 for the journey today and rolls a natural 20. The journey is going swimmingly, as one might say, but at one point Annalyn stops everyone, and soon they realize they've come across a pack of twilight tigers. Annalyn and the rest of the Golgine transform, and everyone is on high alert, doing their best to be intimidating. The group is successful in this regard, and the twilight tigers take their leave, disappearing as quickly as they'd come, as if they were never there. Shortly after this encounter, they make camp for the night, and Fern is still tripping from the mushrooms. FCG asks if there's anything she wants to explore while she's in this state, any questions about herself, and soon the questions turn toward FCG, as the group wonders if he can be affected by this fun guy. So, FCG tries some, and doesn't really feel anything, but after an hour he too makes a con save and succeeds. He's told he feels an odd tickle through his body, like a resting vibration, but it fades. Meanwhile, Annalyn takes Chetney aside and asks him to show her what he can do. They have a bit of heart-to-heart, -heart and Annalyn tells him of her mentor, Ometho, who was a member of the Order of the Lycan and helped spearhead the Gorgine. One day, though, he grew tired and just didn't want to fight anymore, and he let go. She tells Chetney this because if you want to beat the beast that lives within you, you have to learn to live with it and not let go. She then helps him with his rune and glyph work, showing him techniques over the next few hours, and also tells him of her past, how she used to be Divishala and studied at Dial Hall. One day there was a mislabeled delivery and she was traveling to the same area they were expecting some sort of package and a lichen had been temporarily unleashed she believes in order to deal with the ivory syndicate she tells chetney that that lichen bit her and that is why she is turned she then tells him of a pale elf with brown hair and a scar under his mouth named dorau and that if chetney were to ever come across this elf to kill him for her Everyone then takes their rest, and the next day of travel is rolled by Laudner, a six. As they travel and approach, Menard tells them more of the history of this temple and how it was an outpost used by the Stratos throne during the Apex War, before the beast of the temple took it back by force. They then finally arrive at Savrolo, Temple of the Savage, and Annalyn tells everyone to be utmost respectful ask before taking a thing. They enter, make their way through, deeper into the temple, until eventually arriving in a larger antechamber with a break in the ceiling, showing the sky above. A female humanoid statue stands in the center of this room, and the Gorgine light the sconces lining the outer rim. Chetney approaches the statue and rolls a natural twenty on his religion check. This is Saratani, the Wild Mother. Sahyadan is an extension of Saratani, and Analim welcomes them in and says, This is the Temple of Trials, and where offerings are to be made to Sahyadan and Saratani. The Gorgine then place their own offerings, and Chetney places down two platinum and an intricate fang carved of wood. The Gorgine then step toward the outer rim of the antechamber, forming a slight perimeter. 
and Chetney sits cross-legged in front of the statue to meditate. He calls out to Saratani, but an hour goes by, another, and then another, then more. The sun sets, and the chamber is soon illuminated by moonlight. And that's when Chetney feels a presence arrive. And that's where we go to break. Great job, Jeremy. Uh, in the uh, in the second half, uh, everyone takes their place in this chamber. Chetney's still in the the center, and there's a, a presence that hangs in the air like an invisible mist. And Chetney feels emotions in his head that that aren't his own. Uh, there's no language, but but questions arise in his mind: Are you hunter or are you prey? Chetney says, hunter. They say, you are hunter and prey. Are you yearning for freedom or indulgence? Freedom. You are a fool. Do you seed the garden or spoil the earth? Spoil the earth. You are a catalyst. I smell it within you. The blessing, the curse. Curse. If I take one, I take part of you with me and leave a part of me with you. Do you accept my trial? Chetney says, yes. Suddenly the Gorgini and the chamber stand as one, and when they do, they open their eyes and a pale blue mist drifts out. Chetney feels a burning tether to the ruddy moon and an urge to give in. He can't resist the surge of primal emotions and must let it out. He begins to bulge and transform larger than he's ever been into an eight-foot-tall snow-white form with spines protruding out of his body. It's amazing. Initiative is rolled. Most of Bell's Hells tentatively hold their actions as they wait to see what happens next, but Imogen does attempt to mentally communicate with Chetney, but she feels this ancient will shut her out. And it's at this point that Matt hands Travis a brand new character sheet, and Chetney receives instructions to sunder, tear, and devour. He then uses his bonus action to cause fire to come out of his claws and starts attacking Bell's Hells. Uh, Matt then makes Travis aware that he has legendary actions and Travis attacks again. Um, FCG casts Sympathetic Binding to Fern, Orum, and attempts to connect to Chetney and is mechanically successful as Chet fails the DC. Um, but FCG is told that he can feel the spell connect, but there is this like ancient force holding him back. Um, Orum runs up to Chetney and pulls out this crudely carved wolf that he'd been working on as a gift to Chetney in an attempt to break through to him. Uh, Chetney sees the carving and there is this shooting pain in his head. And then Orum sees this plume of red smoke kind of start pouring from Chetney's chest. Fern and Ashton lay more damage into Chet and they try to determine what their course of action should be here. Do they keep attacking? Do we try to reason with him? Um... As this is going on, Chetney starts to use his legendary actions, two of which to make a Howl of the Hunter, which causes almost everyone around him to make a wisdom save, except Laudna, who is out of range, and, or excuse me, uh, Laudna, who is immune, and Imogen, who is out of range. Ashton and Orin fail and are now frightened of Chetney. Um, Orm tries to attack the, the, the area where the red smoke was pouring out, um, and more smoke begins to pour out. Fern then turns into a sexy wolf to try and communicate with Chetney in this form. And he actually does understand her. She gets through to him a bit. 
And because of this, Matt tells Travis that he has permanently lost one of his legendary actions. Imogen's psychic lances on the area with the smoke pouring out of it, uh, but Travis uses a legendary resistance to not be incapacitated by it. Um, we then get a uh, wisdom save uh, for Chetney just at the behest of Matt. And Matt tells him that, hey, you do not have your brutal, uh, excuse me, bestial regeneration this turn. Combat continues, combat continues. Uh, Fern uh, at one point casts Daylight on the dagger that Orem had struck Chetney with that is still embedded in his chest. So now there's bright light shining out right in front of him. Um, both Chetney and Orem are blinded by this. So Chet is swinging wildly and uh, is about to crash into the statue of the Wild Mother in the center of the room, but something stops him before he barrels into it. Um, it's at this point that Laudna casts darkness to block out the moonlight that is pouring in from the ceiling of this chamber. And when that happens, Chetney shrinks back down into his normal werewolf form, um, but he still dashes toward uh, Laudna. Matt has him make another wisdom saving throw, um, and he fails. So while the the light is not coming through and he has shrunk, the force that's kind of controlling him um, is still there. So FCG and Imogen now both try to cast calm emotions on Chetney as the group starts trying to like reach out to him emotionally. Um, both of those fail, but Orem tries to smash him in the head, telling him, hey, snap out of it. Um, everyone is just trying and failing to get through to him um, as he just keeps rolling too good on these pleas, uh, P-L-E-A, uh, pleas that he's getting emotionally. So because of this, Ashton, who again is afraid of Chetney and is kind of across the room, gets fed up with this and yells, hey man, knock it off or come over here and fight me because the rest of these people don't deserve it. And Talison rolls an intimidation check of 24. So through all the appeals to his emotion, to his softer side, have failed this challenge of from another beast versus a beast gets through to Chetney and he kind of can shake free from this control. Ashton walks over to Chetney and punches him in the face. Um, everyone seems to be cool now and the Gorgie and I get a big laugh out of that. So the darkness spell fades and the normal emotions uh, have returned to Chetney, but he does feel this voice in his head once again. It says, I eat the scar of the unworthy predator and leave my scar in its place. You are worthy. Manad notes that the spirit kind of does different things with different people, but it does enjoy messing with a little bit. A little bit. And depending on the kind of group dynamics of the people you come in with and what tensions and anxieties you're currently facing, that is the form your trial or challenge will take. Um, and after this, Chetney confirms that he can feel this the gentle itch that he had been feeling from Ruidus alleviate um, and the anxiety is gone. Um, what's funny is it's noted that Chetney's clothes were all destroyed when he transformed into that massive form so he is just sitting there naked and the group quickly decides hey let's all go streaking through the jungle to celebrate essentially and so Bell's Hell starts ripping off their clothes and dashing out of the temple to do just that um, but before Orem is able to do that he is told that he smells a scent that he hasn't smelled in a long time uh, and that is the scent of will memories wash over him 
and he makes a perception check of 25 and his attention is drawn towards the statue. So he makes his way over to it and investigates and just says, thank you. Like, I'll take it. Like, thank you for those memories. And it's at that moment that these small vines begin to grow and um, shift around the statue, specifically a sheath that the statue is holding. So Orem leaps up on top of it to get a better look and he can notice that this sheaf actually has an opening so he whips out his sword places it in the sheaf and the vines encompass it and there's this like green light that emanates out of it and the vines even start crawling up his hand as he has it placed there holding it in the sheaf um, after a moment it subdues the energy fades and Orum pulls his hand free breaking the vines as he does but he notices that the hilt of the sword still has vines growing out of it, kind of forming a handguard. And there's just this aura of like a faint green energy that is kind of encompassing the sword. Um, Orm just says, uh, you know, I don't know why, but I'm grateful all the same. Thank you, Wild Mother. And Fern, who has been staying back as everyone else went streaking, she stayed back with Orm. Um she kind of takes a platinum and flicks it towards the wild mother statue as well and says, thanks. That was fun. Then she and Orem strip down, join the rest of Bell's Hells, um, who we have just learned have reached level eight. And that's where the session ends. A couple quick pointers at the very end, though, is um, Travis gets a new feat, we're told. Uh, Savage Spirit and Orem obviously has this new sword, which Matt tells him he needs to give it a name. Um, and that is episode 41 of Critical Role Campaign 3, The Call of the Wild. Thank you for bearing with me through my temporal anomaly. Anomaly? Anomaly. It's, I don't know what's going on. Jeremy, thank you for sticking up with me and, you know, pulling my weight when I had to go deal with that. Oh, so yeah. Again, if you find yourself on this recap video, check the description down below if you want to see more of our content. Um where to where to even begin i i don't know i don't know i i kind of feel like have you ever been to the astral sea jeremy is it's uh you know i don't want to write off the whole place based on one bad experience but it's a lot it's a lot and i was really trying to hold it together there uh to get through the recap but i uh, i'm sorry I'm sorry. We'll see you guys next time.